Hello, my name is Danny Latoni, and you are listening to How It's Reported on the Emerald Podcast Network. With me is Skyla Patton. I am the editor-in-chief of Eugene's premier cannabis magazine, Green Eugene Mag. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Green Eugene obviously is a cannabis magazine, but we try really hard to incorporate all the different aspects of the cannabis industry instead of just kind of highlighting one specifically, especially because when we were reviewing other cannabis magazines or newspapers that had cannabis sections in them before the creation of Green Eugene, we kind of found that that was a flaw in a lot of other ones was that it tends to hone in on one really specific part of the industry. The cannabis industry is really diverse and there's a lot that's going on. So at Green Eugene, we really try and focus on all different parts of that from the nitty gritty of the industry to the science that we're developing behind cannabis all the way to, you know, the really fun like stoner pieces, how to clean your bong most efficiently. <laughs> we want to make sure that our spectrum is is complete. So Green Eugene is a fairly new publication, right? Yeah, um, it's coming up on its third year. It had been talked about, I think, for a while before it came to fruition. But essentially what that process looked like was Charlie Weaver was the publisher of The Emerald shortly before Bill Kunth came into that position. And I believe, you know, Charlie and a couple other people sat down and were like, is this something we want to do? And I think it originated as a sort of an advertising idea, but then it was brought over to the special sections team, of which I was a writer at the time. And, you know, they pretty much slapped it on the table and were like, does anyone want to do this? And at that point in time, you know, I'm a fresh journalist. I was a sophomore at the school here and I was like doing lifestyle writing and it was fun. It's a good time. But then someone finally came into the room and was like, do you guys want to write about weed? And I was like, oh, my God, of course. And now we're here. <laughs> it is Oregon. It's, if there's any place to do it, it would be here. We have the perfect target audience. 100%. <laughs> Obviously, that's a place where you got started. Is that your first peek into cannabis journalism or with cannabis journalism in particular I, I would be candid and honest and say that it probably was my first getting my feet wet with Green Eugene I am no stranger to the cannabis industry it's I grew up in Cave Junction you know it's it's as close as you can get to the triangle of Murder Mountain and Humboldt County but there's more hippies and we're a little nicer there I think but yeah I, you know that's I grew up there I was surrounded by cannabis literally and metaphorically in the gardens. Lots of my parents' friends were growers. Lots of my friends' parents were growers. It just is something that was really normal. And I actually first started using cannabis in like my late teen years to just deal with some medical problems that I was having. And it just was such a life-altering experience in the way that my literal quality of life just skyrocketed into a completely different and better realm that I was like, okay, this is something obviously that's going to be a part of my life. And then when Green Eugene rolled up and was an option, it only made sense. You know, I've loved journalism for a long time, loved weed for a long time. (laughs) Let's connect them. (laughs) If you've been immersed in it for so long, how did the legalization of weed in the state change your relationship with it, if it did at all? My relationship in particular... I don't think was altered too much just because when that was happening, I, you know, I didn't have my medical card at that point or anything. So uh, from a consumer level, I I was unaffected. However, from the perspective of someone who grew up in that community where cannabis is so prevalent and it is huge in the economy, it's huge for these people's lives and their well-being. Cannabis is the way that some people provide their children with Christmas presents kind of thing in the Valley and many other places. And so legalization changed a lot of different things as all things do in good ways and in bad ways 
those as well. I would say one of the largest effects that I saw kind of take hold in the valley was just the immediate struggle that grandfather growers started to face. A grandfather grower is essentially someone who has been grandfathered into the cannabis industry. So they didn't start farming or producing or consuming, etc., when legalization occurred. It's something that has either been in the family for generations or they've been doing it for X amount of time that it's not new for them. A side effect of that that I've noticed is the grandfather growers are struggling. You know, the OLCC changes a lot of rules really often, and those are all things that came in with the wave of legalization. And that's medical and recreational. They're very different, but the huge impact that those rules have with both of them are, are huge and wide sweeping. And so that's just, you know, that's minor on the scale of changes that have been made with legalization. But that definitely has been a bummer just to see a lot of people who have been using this as their livelihood for a long time, whether it's, you know, to support their family or to medicate themselves. And I think a lot of those people are being left behind in the push for legalization. And, um, but, you know, there's always progress in everything. And I, I try to be optimistic about stuff. So there, there's a lot of positive that goes into legalization as well. How do you feel making a name for yourself as like a cannabis right. journalist while this is still something that is federally illegal? Wow, you're going to get me all up in my feels here asking these kind of questions. <laughs> it's hard. It's tough, especially because for me as an individual, discovering Green Eugene and starting to do this kind of writing was that moment that I think a lot of people in any career field talk about where it's like, oh, shit, OK, this is this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. It makes a big impact on the way that I think I view myself a lot of the time. Imposter syndrome in particular is something that I think everybody deals with coupled with what I'm so passionate about in this writing. And then that status of being illegal federally and the impacts and consequences that that has on the industry as a whole, on the way that people are able to educate themselves, you know, I could go on and on, is huge. Just like an example right off the bat is my, I have an Instagram, I'm a millennial, and there's the idea of professionalizing your social media accounts. My Facebook has been wiped for that. I have a professional journalist Twitter. But even nowadays, and I'm lucky enough to, you know, I have lots of people in my life who are not affected by the stigma. There's just none of that present. And still, I don't post pictures of myself consuming anything. There's really not a huge presence of my career on those social medias, uh, except for the byline. You know, of course, that says cannabis journalist with Green Eugene magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that is, I think, just subconscious in my head. But there's a reason that that hesitation is there. That's something that I didn't just invent on my own. And so it's tough. You know, it's it's something that I think about in the future a lot because this is something that I would, I think I would like to do as my career, maybe forever. <laughs> you know, I, I it's fun to dabble, but I think that this is my thing. And just the, the limitations that that status as an illegal federal drug puts on everything is, is huge. I am in a very unique position of privilege in the cannabis industry, especially compared to a ton of other people that are in it. I have the privilege of not having to think about those things as often as other people would. You know, I, I you know, I'm a cisgendered white lady. Um, I'm pretty nice for the most part. I don't <laughs> think people, you know, look twice very often. I am in a unique position where I do have that stage a little bit. And so I, I try to push myself to not hesitate as often as I would. And that's something I really try to strive for in the content of Green Eugene as well. In this upcoming edition that we're working on will just be an online edition. But something that I worked on for that piece was the details and the 
history behind the cleansing of the word cannabis and along with that the history of the word marijuana and that's something that is thrown around all the time and really has an intricate and unpleasant past but that's something that people are really unaware of and so I am unique in that I'm in that position where I can kind of stand on the rooftops and yell those things and maybe someone will look at me and listen. As a written publication you have a certain platform there as well to like destigmatize the cannabis industry right by like changing the language you use to describe it totally we're very conscious of that across all boards you know whether it's making a sales pitch to a dispensary or just deciding the language that we want to use in our bylines and our articles language is huge the words that you say the way that you decide to say them you know that's journalism that's how we're telling these stories and so it's really important especially with a subject that at at this time is still so sensitive like cannabis is, it's crucial that you're making those decisions consciously and it's not just randomized, you know, you're just talking about it for the sake of talking about it. We also really try and highlight those things and that consciousness of language in the actual content that we're producing as well. So for example, you know, if we're working on a women of weed edition, we want to make sure that that phrase of woman is inclusive to everyone. You know, we're not talking exclusively about just women. We're talking about everyone who's not a white dude, essentially. <laughs> we want their opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's if you're producing an edition that's about anything, you want to make sure that it's well-rounded. I don't want any reader to ever pick up Green Eugene and feel like they're not included some way, either by just being able to accessibly digest that information or if appropriate, they're represented in that story. You know, people should have a place in the things that they're reading. We want to make sure that everyone who picks up Green Eugene enjoys it in one way or another, which is why we try to avoid those extremes of the content. We don't want to be just a stoner magazine. We also don't want to be like a finance report about the cannabis industry. You need to find a happy medium so your readership is interested in those things. And we do that not only with our reach. You know, Green Eugene is in distributed in all of the Emerald pop-up boxes, and we also distribute to 75-plus dispensaries in the Eugene Springfield area with a couple other, you know, random spots uh, thrown in there as well. So not only with our actual distribution and our literal reach of readership, do we try to be intersectional in that and include everybody, but also in our content. You know, we've done stories on athletes who, you know, use cannabis as a warm up or a cool down. We have interviewed people over the age of 60 who have been using cannabis for a long time and someone who is 75 and just started using it. We've talked to women who use it as relief um, who have suffered from serious sexual trauma. You know, we try to talk to just about everybody that we can because that's such a unique feature of cannabis is that it really is for everybody. You know, not everyone needs to use it. Not everyone enjoys using it, but it's a growing industry and it's it's a growing plant. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> no pun intended. But it's it's huge. It's expanding. We're learning so much. There's so much that we don't know at all about cannabis. It's just such a learning process. Everyone should be included in that if they would like to be included in that. So at Green Eugene, we want to make sure that that's an option for everybody and that it's not particularly catered to any one group of people. And we just want to make sure that we're being as inclusive and as conscious as we can be in what we're producing. So what are some hurdles that you've dealt with and how have you like navigated? The first thing that comes to mind that has been, uh, you know, difficult for us to deal with is we have a wide reach and we want everyone to be our readership. 
but we are really closely connected with, you know, we're here literally on campus. I am a student at the University of Oregon. Um, I'm a student in the SOJC. You know, we're, we're involved in this really close-knit network. But the University of Oregon campus is a federal campus. It's federal property. And so the very idea of a cannabis magazine having a presence on this campus, I think, makes some people probably inherently uncomfortable. Um, I know that it's something that we deal with when making those executive decisions for Green Eugene and where we want to have our presence and where we want that to be. That's something that we're very conscious and cautious about because we want to make sure that we're you know, picking our battles where we can. I think that's something that all forms of journalism probably deal with. And, you know, Green Eugene is no different. Overcoming those hurdles is tough. And it's something that we very much are still learning to do, especially since it is such a new publication still. We're learning every time, every time someone says something and then we're like, oh, shit, that's not what we're supposed to say. You know, we learn, we adjust. We do our best to learn from those mistakes that we make like everybody else does and not only learn from them, but be cognizant of them and why those mistakes were made. Or, you know, we want to be aware of that learning curve and that learning process that goes into it. But it, it's it's tough. It's tough to exist in a world that there's a ton of people that are really supportive and really excited about this. And I think the audience is the same where there's a ton of people who probably really want this content. So... It is hard to overcome those hurdles, but I think what keeps myself going and a lot of other people who, not only those of us who are involved with Green Eugene, me and my team, but I think people in the industry as well, people who have in one way or another been impacted by cannabis, um, is it really is unique in that the changes that it can make to people's lives are incredible on a medical basis, on a spiritual basis. It, it's impressed me more than just about anything else I've ever learned about. And I love learning. So that's saying something. And so I think that is what drives a lot of us to kind of push beyond those hurdles and keep pushing forward when there's a lot of people who probably would like to be pushing back. Like I said, I'm someone who has personally experienced a huge life change because of my use of cannabis. And then on top of that, I've talked to so many people. I've read so many stories. I've seen so many videos. You know, it's at this point, it's undeniable that this is something that is seriously helping people. And as far as I'm concerned, that's that's all it takes. You know, if this is something that's making other people's lives better, I'm not going to stop pushing as hard as everybody else is. So, you you co-founded the magazine? It was primarily led by Charlie Weaver and a group, kind of just affiliate pro staff, other employees at the Emerald. Yeah, so you're editor-in-chief now. You mm-hmm. definitely took over that group mm-hmm. or you outlasted them. I don't know. What was your vision going in for the magazine? And as you're getting closer to having to move on from the publication, what is your vision moving forward? Oh, geez, that makes me so sad to think about. Well, I guess sad. Also exciting. Green Eugene has limitless potential as far as I'm concerned. Everyone thinks that their kid is the coolest, prettiest, and smartest kid, and I am no exception. Green Eugene is the coolest and prettiest and smartest magazine. It just brings me back to the incredible growth that cannabis as an industry and a culture is experiencing right now. And I view Green Eugene in exactly the same way. You know, right now we're a quarterly magazine. We have social media presence. We have a kick-ass website. But there, it could be so much more than that in the future. And it can happen really fast. You know, when the community really starts recognizing us and those network relationships between us and other people in the industry 
and us and our readership get more and more solidified and more and more consistent as we grow in our content and our outreach, et cetera, you know, it's it's limitless possibilities. I could see a podcast related to Green Eugene. I could see special editions branching out of the main quarterly magazine. There's just so much we could do. We could do an entire magazine or an online publication that is just about pairing guides or cannabis and food and cannabis and cooking is a huge thing right now if you ever watch vice you know it's all over there there's it's limitless possibilities with green eugene and i only want to see it go up and forward so i'll do whatever i can to make that happen you've set yourself up i think in a pretty effective way if this is going to be your beat Mm -hmm. right and so how do you see yourself moving forward what do you want to do are you going to take a job that isn't on this beat are you determined to find something in that little niche Mm -hmm. that you can like expand upon as the industry grows right knowing me and my personality and anybody who knows me i'm a gemini and i'm very stubborn it would be hard it would be hard i think for someone to push me off of this beat i'm stubborn and i i can make things happen as just that kind of person where when i get on that one track and i know that i've found something that i enjoy and it makes me happy i'm gonna stick with it as best i can i'm a huge believer in in that cheesy quote that's like you know if you love what you do you don't work a day in your life um, and i feel that way about journalism but cannabis journalism in particular as well. I would like to stay on this beat as long as I can, as long as I can ride the wave and I'm producing content that makes me happy and I feel confident about. But it's a hard question because it takes us back to what else we were talking about just regarding the stigma around cannabis and the way that it interacts with the world and other places. It's really easy to fall into that bubble of living in Eugene, living in Oregon, living on the Pacific Northwest, the West Coast, you know, um, because the rest of the world is not like this place. Everywhere is different. State by state, it's different. I can only imagine, you know, if I were to go abroad at any point in time, what that would be like. Um, So it's going to be a struggle, but I would like to stick with it as long as I can. And I think if myself and other people involved in the industry keep pushing forward and keep making these conscious decisions and concentrating on getting past that stigma and moving forward, that uh, hopefully, you know, maybe a journalist in my position 10 years from now won't have to worry as much about finding a job in the cannabis industry as a writer as I do right now. On that note, what advice do you have people that are looking into this beat or looking at a slightly controversial beat? Don't stop. Don't stop doing what you're doing ever, no matter how many people tell you that it's not real journalism, that you're not a real journalist, that what you're doing isn't good work. You know, fuck them. Move move beyond that. Every cool person who has ever come up with some amazing new thing or an amazing new idea, anyone who stands up and says, you know, like, this is weird, but bear with me. I have a new thing. That person is always going to get dragged through the mud, you know, and you have to decide if it's something that you believe in or not. And it's it's with anything controversial, whether, you know, whether it's cannabis or politics or whatever it is, when you're making these kinds of decisions, especially if it's career-based, like journal, like if you're deciding what you want to do with your writing, with your voice, um, with your platform, you have to first decide really firmly and really in depth if that's something that you believe in, because it's going to be hard Writing about controversy is always going to be more difficult than writing about sunshine and rainbows and lollipops, as wonderful as all of those things are. And so just you have to make that decision and you have to commit and it's going to be hard. And I hate to I don't want to sound like, you know, chicken soup for the teenage soul or anything, but you just have to keep reminding yourself that you have a goal that you're working towards. There's a cause of whatever it is that is fueling you. 
don't forget, don't let that fire go out in the midst of being overwhelmed by the challenges that you're facing. You kind of have to turn that around. And I was going to hesitate to say this, but actually, fuck, no, I'm not. You have to get mad. You have to like, I get, I'm angry. I use anger a lot of the time. Um, I'm an angry, nasty woman. And I use that to fuel me through a lot of things. And I think Anger might be a harsh word for it, but that passion, that's what that is. If you're mad about something, it's because you're passionate about it. And you can use that to keep pushing forward and keep producing the work that you like to produce and supporting the people that you want to support. And you just can't let go of that. Don't shy away from the things that make you happy and the things that make you able to live your life in the way that you want to. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Please follow Green Eugene Magazine on Instagram. We are at Green Eugene Mag. Very interactive. We do giveaways, all sorts of fun things. Um, It's probably me behind the internet persona. So if you ever have questions or anything, slide into those Green Eugene DMs and I'm happy to answer them. And that has been How It's Reported. Uh, I'm Danny Latoni. And I'm Skyla Patton. And see you next time. (laughs) 